So talk a little bit about yourself, man. What brings you up here, up and coming, and, you know, how come you're not blinging and having all kind of crazy diamonds and all that? I guess you're here to get your money right, huh? All the time, man. You know, all that is cool for the image and all that, but all them is liabilities, you feel me? I'd rather invest in some real estate, you know what I'm saying? Something oh, wait, well, can you repeat that again, man? You're up and coming artist. What did you say you want to do? I said invest in some assets. I have Najee Ali, who's been very involved in, in uh, Los Angeles. He, right after the um, the tragic shooting of uh, of, uh, of uh, Nipsey Hussle, he went and had a press conference. And I want to talk to you about what you said there. First of all, you, like a lot of us uh, around the country that, that know about Nipsey and, and uh, what he stood for, are in a really tough moment right now. But you're proximate, you're on the ground. So I want to get a sense of how people are coping with this and how they're taking in what happened. If you can, Najee. Well, uh, our community uh, is in trauma. The murder of Nipsey Hussle has caused grief, pain, and suffering uh, throughout the city, uh, a city that Nipsey Hussle was born in, uh, the Crenshaw community in South Central LA, that he lived and, and loved so much, which ultimately he lost his life. And so we are in trauma right now. I, I can really imagine that. Uh, you, you essentially said that, you know, we need to, when you say we, those uh, who have a lot, who have the ability to invest, the best way to honor his legacy isn't just to talk about him or to say thoughts and prayers, just to come down and continue what he did, invest in the community, come to the community, uh, speak more to that and and talk about are you getting a good response from that? Are you seeing that or has there been, which I kind of feared there, there could have been, has there been this chilling effect that, with folks saying, well, this is what happens when you get too close? Well, it's too early, but at the end of the day, uh, I live in the city of uh, Los Angeles that's home to multi-millionaire rappers, uh, many who have made money in the urban community. And at the end of the day, uh, it's nice to be on Twitter and send condolences, but it's more important, I believe, for Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, Drake, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, uh, P. Diddy, and, and others who, actually, who are out here in the city to you know come and finish and help finish Nipsey's mission. We need boots on the ground. So if they truly want to honor Nipsey's legacy, then come adopt one of his programs that he invested his money his time, his heart, and soul in. What can we do to keep that legacy going on? And if we, let's say we can't depend on those multi-million dollar rappers who necessarily didn't have the same, didn't follow the same path that, that Nipsey did. That's what made him an innovator. What can all of us do as ordinary people? Well, I know for myself personally as an individual, I'm going to connect with, you know, my colleagues, supporters, family, and friends. And I've decided uh, to launch next week the Najali Youth Foundation uh, which we hope will work directly in this community to mentor young people. And that will be, you know, my, you know, small effort in trying to continue leg Nipsey's legacy in, in helping the young people uh, in the Crenshaw area. Because at the end of the day, uh, I don't believe that one celebrity rapper entertainer should carry the whole entire burden of any uh, community effort. But I believe it's, it's the collective that can do it. And that's why I'm just doing my small part with next week's uh, announcement of the Najee Youth Foundation in memory inspired uh, by Nipsey Nip Hustle. 
Uh, definitely, Najee. Keep us in uh, in mind. We'll definitely spread the word about that to all to all, to all of our supporters here on the show. Uh, one final question: When you think about how his death came about, it was it was he 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 struggled to make sure he came out of that situation, and it, it's just I think really really depressing in some ways. I just I have no other words to say that he would die in this manner when. You know, that same day, he was, of course, meeting with someone who just got who just who had just been released from prison uh, to help that that person, that brother out, get opportunities. And, and then he had other meetings scheduled to figure out how to reduce gang violence. And it's I mean, he, it's it's from what I hear, he was killed by a member of his own gang. I mean, what are what are we to make of this and where where do you think we should go based upon all your experience as a community activist? Well, at the end of the day, we have to remember, you know, Nipsey was not just a Grammy-nominated entertainer and artist. He was a successful businessman, philanthropist, entrepreneur, gentrification fighter, and the very person uh, who killed him was the type of person that Nipsey, you know, fought so hard to try and save. And that's what made this murder of Nipsey, very troubling. But at the end of the day, uh, we can't give up hope and despair. We have to overcome our trauma and grief and not give up. We have to get back into the fight uh, to ensure that we honor Nipsey's legacy by continuing to reach back and help others in the community who are underserved and who need help. And that's why I'm calling upon everyone that lives in our community to do something nice and pay it forward in memory of Nipsey Hustle. All right, Najee Ali, I appreciate you taking your time. I know you got work to do. Uh, the community needs you there. Don't make yourself a stranger. Please come back on the show, brother. No, I would love to. Thank you for having me very much. Thank you. Welcome to a special edition of Disruption Now. I'm your moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Ogunlana. And I'm Carlton Washington. It's great to have you here on The Breakdown. Uh, but before we get started, as, as always, if you're watching this on YouTube, I invite you to hit that subscribe button right below. Hit the like button so you can follow us and, and others can learn about us. If you happen to be listening to us uh, for via podcast, if you're listening to us on Google Play, if you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, please uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, write a review. That's how more people can learn about disruption now. That's how we can reach more people, and that's how we can be more effective. So today, we we're here to talk about the life and legacy of Nipsey Hussle, and we just interviewed Naji Ali, who is an activist in Los Angeles, who uh, went right there on the scene after Nipsey Hussle was uh, murdered and he knew him well. He knew the legacy of what he stood for. And um, he is hurting. Uh, the community is hurting. Many people really around the country are, are hurting based upon based based upon what Nipsey was trying to do, what he, what he, what he had already done and what the hopes that he could do in the future for others. But it, Brings us to a really um, important question that you hear a lot, particularly in the black community, when um, members of the community have become successful. Uh, there's always there's usually some type of backlash and you'll hear that. Well, then they, they forgot where they come, where they came from. They're, they're no longer in the community. They don't stay in the community. So the first question I kind of have to the panel is, you know, is there an obligation or responsibility to, to stay in the community? Is that the only way you can actually make a difference? Uh, is he the model to follow or are there some things that shouldn't be done the way that Nipsey Hussle actually did it? Uh, the Breakfast Club, uh, I mean, not that it's the place of all reference, but they 
They they they they, 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 they kind of put it this way. Would you rather keep it real or would you rather stay alive? I think that's not the way I would put it, but that's the way a lot of people see it. Is that the only choice or is there another way to give back or do you have to stay to actually give back? And uh, I'll open it up. James, what, what's your what's your take on was Nipsey Hussle the right model to follow given where he came from and what he actually accomplished in his life? Well, there, I don't think that there is one right model or one wrong model. Um, I think we, what we are seeing is actually a result of integration. Um, and if you go back 50 years or 100 years, uh, successful mem- members of the black community couldn't go anywhere. And so by default, they stayed and that may have helped uplift the communities. It's hard to tell because of how much oppression was actually going on um, and you know, in discrimination as far as day-to-day life. But nonetheless, that option is now available. And so you have many people who, once they have a certain measure of success, um, leave communities, maybe where they came from, or even we have generations now that grew up where they didn't grow up in, in what may be termed as the hood or on the streets, you know, may have grew up in a middle-class neighborhood or even in some cases grew up wealthy. And so the question also is what obligation do they go? If you don't even come from that, do you come back? Um, Nipsey had, that, that was one option, you know, like what, what he did is stay very close and he, he hands on really wanted to make a difference. Um, whether that's the right option or not really depends on the person. Um, you can help without being right there. And as we see, and this isn't necessarily the time to, to, to point at this and saying, Hey, this is what'll happen because what happened to him was exceptional, but those are the risks you run when you're in areas where there are people around you with much less to lose than you or with nothing to lose. And you have a lot to lose. Yeah. That's uh, James. You, you, you make a good point. I've heard some people, and I'd like to get some some of the other panelists in on this. I've heard people that have been there on the ground. They said Nipsey, there was no, there's been no question that Nipsey did exceptional work, that he cared about the community. Almost, almost without exception, everyone said that. Where you have people just kind of question some of the strategy was they said, well, he was one foot in and one foot out some ways within the lifestyle of being, you know, he was a, he was a gang member. Uh, he wasn't living that lifestyle fully anymore. But what's tragic about the whole situation is uh, allegedly this is how this is how it all went down. Uh, this person whose name is the killer, alleged killer, likely killer. His name is uh, Eric Holder. And he came into the store and he had a um, and, he, and he asked Nipsey for some help. And Nipsey allegedly said that, you know, you're a snitch. You need to get out. And he left. And his response to being called a snitch to what he felt as, 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 as if he was being disrespected, he had to go out there and get revenge. So he went out and shot him five times and then he stomped him in the head. And this is I say this part because my understanding is that stomp signifies something that's very important to uh, the Crips within this 60 set. It's, it's when you feel ultimately disrespected, that's when you stomp on someone's head and it's that it's that response, that learned response, the culture of when some when you feel quote unquote disrespected, when someone calls you a snitch, that's the ultimate, and you have to go out there and protect your quote unquote manhood. And he went out, killed uh, Nipsey, and then the violence didn't stop there. My, my understanding is, of course, we know Eric Holder has been uh, captured, but before that, apparently, some of his family members were executed in the process. And what's so sad about that, and I'm sorry to rant, but I just I had to just get this out, is that that same attitude, the, they think that they are they are avenging 
Nipsey's death, but what they're doing is creating the same cycle that caused his death. When, you know, Dr. King said this best and, you know, you can, you can murder a murderer, but you can't murder murder. You can murder a liar, but you can never establish truth. You can murder a hater, but you can't murder hate. You know, depending on violence to solve issues only makes the issues worse. And I think that's part of the problem is that like that culture, the culture of accepting this is an issue. And how do we also figure out how we take on that and challenge that? Carlton, I know you want to come in on this. Oh, yeah. Like you said, man, there's so much going on with this man. Uh, Like you said, one foot in, one foot out. That does not work. Um, and let's just be honest here, man. I mean, I, I can speak from experience. I lived in a few hoods in my time and look, there's nothing cool in the hood. Not almost, I would say nothing. The service is bad. The food options are bad. The air quality is bad. Everything that's bad is in the hood. So there's nothing to glorify about being in the hood. There's no reason to be there other than now, now it is noble to go back and reach back to pull people up off of circumstances. Um, I do that all the time. Anytime I get a chance to go and talk to youth and try to try to try to educate people and with the things that we're talking about, now, it, it's, a, it's to say, let's not glorify this lifestyle. There's nothing to glorify here. The whole op, the whole point is to get out and to bring people out of those circumstances and conditions. You can't, the optics are bad for these things, you know? So like you can't have one foot in one foot out. And, and I'm sorry to say, you know, the style, the, um, the whole culture, is it has gone south it's rotten it's spoiled it destroys kids it destroys uh young men time time after time and nipsey is is obviously no exception to that um i believe that uh, the image that was promoted uh regardless of his acts perpetuates this type of behavior there's a there's a look to it there's an album cover for this type of behavior you know and until you're ready to get away from that and address that and acknowledge that and to hold people accountable for this stuff, this is going to keep on going on and on. And so to answer your initial question, no, you don't need to live in the hood to be a, um, you know, beneficial to people in the hood that won't help. But, but you do need to go, though, right? Do you think you need to go? I mean, because no, people need to uh, right? I said that. That's what I said. You right. can go and help and get out, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I do that all the time. Me and Jimmy, just the other day, man, we went to go um, talk Boys and Girls Club. Man, that, that's a pretty serious hood over there. Uh, in Fort Lauderdale over by the jail, man. Um, you know, we, but we, hey, nobody's afraid to go, but we don't need to be hanging out there, you know? And the whole thing that we're talking to these kids about is about all the wonderful, beautiful things that are outside of right. these impoverished areas. And, and I so think, but, but they're there most of the time. You, you're right, but they're there, Carlton, most of the time. What I, I, I agree with half of what you're saying that I think that when you reach a certain level, it's, inevitable that you become a greater target. So let me he became you, let me a greater target. Uh, Rob, I live in Boca. There's, there's different levels of security to, uh, to, to, um, to them or, or to the amount of security that you need living in Boca. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you could be, you could be a millionaire and need a whole nother level of security from other people who aren't necessarily living in the ghetto or in the projects, you know? So it, 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 it's all the, it's all kind of the same. You know what I mean? Like, when you're right. being successful, you got to get away. You could be, you know, upper middle class successful. You need to get away from lower middle class successful because people start to be, do what people do, envy, hate, jealousy, and you don't know what can happen. And so, um, yeah, you got to get out, man. And, um, and you know, this is an unfortunate circumstance. But, um, again, you're not helping anybody also by having the type of store 
per se that he had in that environment. You well, know, like, well, not, what's, not, what's wrong with the store? What's wrong with this? I thought the store actually was the store. He, he made it a safe neighborhood. People internationally went to that store and he started, a, he actually started STEM education. And he said, a, you know, a really important point that he, he understood part of what you said. He said, look, I don't want the kids just to look up to athletes. I don't want the kids just to look up to entertainers. I want them to look up to Elon Musk. So he started an entrepreneurship. But if they don't see it there, like they don't they, they don't you know, there are kids in, in Florida that see Boca Raton as another country if they've never been there. Right. I mean, that, 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 that's the truth. Right? You can put anything on the store. I mean, the store actually you need commercial development. One of the reasons the hood actually in many situations is in some of the prime real estate, some of the best places in a city or in a region. And actually the biggest problem with it is that there's, there's a lack of economic opportunity there. So putting a store there is beneficial. Putting a STEM center or a co-work space, those are beneficial um, for those areas because that is, that's commercial activity. That's what you want. That's how people can build themselves up other than liquor stores and fast food joints. And by the way, people are buying, I want to say this, Carlton, people are buying the property. The ironic part is there's a developer right now that's not, that has no risk. And there are people moving into the hood right now that are paying a lot of money to do so because it's close to valuable assets. But the black community doesn't always understand or or value or value what they have there. And that's what I think Nipsey was trying to show Tunde, You wanted to say something. I'll let you, I'll get right back to you, Carlton Tunde. Yeah, I think um, I was going to say this. I I agree a hundred percent with what Carlton was saying. Um, uh, you know, in general, I'm I'm gonna say this. Uh, definitely on this show, I'm the most ignorant about Nipsey Hustle. I really, honestly, didn't know who he was until a couple of days ago when I heard he got killed, and and um, we were talking about doing this show. And I say that with a big smile on my face. Is I think the only guy here in my 40s. So you know, unfortunately, now this is new. This guy unfortunately lost his life probably what three four days ago. So I'm sure after this show, more information will come out. But if everything you said is accurate, Rob, in terms of this guy came in the store, they were conversing, and Nipsey tells him he's a snitch, I'm not saying that this guy deserved to die at all. What I'm saying is having half one foot in that world, unfortunately, that's the result, right? You disrespect a guy, and like you said, the culture is not to sit there and have a lecture series and you know a chess match about the disrespect that the, the culture is. I'm an alpha male. You just disrespected me. I'm going to come back and do things the way we do it. And it's sad. And I think that goes to the greater point of Carlton's point is because really I look at this as a socioeconomic issue. And that's why I don't want to get caught up. And I know we're not on the show, but when I see in the media, people talking about conspiracy theories, there was a government. I think it goes back to we don't want to acknowledge that, unfortunately, there's certain people in our communities that just think like this and say, if you disrespect me i'm gonna I'm come back hard but I, but i do want to you know we're going to get to the conspiracy part later but i want to talk about the culture part you got to this culture yeah. is not this culture is not as if this culture wasn't made up by hip-hop and black people so it is not just this but, culture but is let me go on, this culture on is celebrated right go ahead protection though because he's right because i see it here i live in a gated community and i would be i don't know let's call it upper middle class I know that there's people outside my gate that probably earn more than we do and all that. That's fine. But because they're outside the gate, there's already a stigma. You see what I'm saying? And then there's, there's gates that are bigger than my gate. You know, there's neighborhoods that are bigger than mine. They're trying to keep people like me out. Um, and so Carlton's right that 
whatever level you're at, you're looking at the people below you a certain way and you're looking at the people above you a certain way. That's just humanity. And I hate to admit it that we're all like that in a certain sense. So the fact when you when you're trying to be like that, where you're starting to escape a certain way from a from a money standpoint, which then leads a guy like Nipsey into other environments. Right. He was around people that were doing STEM. He was around real estate developers. So he's starting to think and learn a different way. But you know what? The guys in his neighborhood that he grew up with in the 60s and all that stuff, they 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 never got that exposure. Right. But that's exactly so he's that's people. But that's why he stayed, though, too. If I can, no, I interrupt you. I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong that he stayed. I'm just saying this is the result of staying, too. No, that well, is it, is it the result of staying? Uh, is it the result of staying or is it the result of not being strategic about how you come? One, two. I, I, well, I want to get know. to a I'm point that you that said, Car- Carlton. In, in general, it's like mixing oil and water. He's got a, now a new mentality because he's seen certain things that others haven't seen. But if he's going to keep hanging around those folks, then we shouldn't be surprised when they act the way they act because that's what that's who they are. Man, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little nobody down here in South Florida, man, but I don't know when, when you know, people like yourself, Rob, and black, and black leaders, um, you know, and politics and around, around this country. Uh, are going to stand up and say, we have a cultural problem. Black culture that is celebrated in this country, hip-hop culture is toxic, is not good for your health. Anything you want bad to happen to you, you can find in there. We have a cultural problem. The optics look bad. The optics don't look good. And and the whole thing is, when you go through a change, uh, you know, a metamorphosis, uh, culturally, um, status-wise, economically, Things change along with that. And so I can't help. I, I feel sorry for, for Nipsey. I don't think anybody should die like that. But when I see the images, when I see him, the optics, you know, uh, they look bad because I'm still seeing a young man who still identifies, like you said, one foot in, one foot out with that culture. Everything that I see on him represents that culture. So you have to shed that culture. My question is, you know, you, I know a lot of people don't like to conform. But there's, you know, as you grow, things change. As you grow, maybe you don't need, you know, 20 chains around your neck. Maybe you might want to go to the laser uh, tattoo. But he room. never really that had chains, though. Like, that wasn't really him. I mean, I'm not saying this to defend him. But what I'm saying to, is that if you, he stayed in order to be able to show people that there was another way. He's particularly wanted to do that. I believe you got to be a little more careful who and how you hang out with when you get to a certain level. I think there's, there's agreement right there where I do depart with you though, is that it's the, like, like the culture was created by the gangs. The culture was learned. Like that's not the, the, the culture of snitching being in the mob. That was not created by Crips and bloods that was emulated and learned through yeah, yeah. the but greater Rob, culture. And, and, and that's still, you got, you got people like Donald Trump, right? Talking about people that are snitches and are not. And that's well, like the, the culture that. is, I mean, we glorify is not just, I, I do think we have to call out the culture of hip hop. We do have to call out when they celebrate violence. I'm in agreement with you there, but I don't want to say is that they're the only ones responsible for it. Cause I think America oh, celebrates violence. Just to address what Rob said real quick though, because you brought up mob culture, things of that nature. Uh, okay. We live in South Florida here, man. Uh, we're South Florida, New Jersey, New York, you know, mob territory, whatever, uh, dealing with those guys that a lot of that doesn't even exist anymore, man. They have evolved. They have evolved. They've evolved into corporations, big business, other areas. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a way of life back in the day for a lot of these guys, that mob life, man. 
but there's called evolution, man. When they had a way out of no way, which is where a lot of these guys are. That's how they, that's how they feel about it. I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying that that's their perspective. The hip hop obviously didn't uh, invent the idea of a snitch or the idea of crime or gangs or any of that. I mean, that's all just part of being a human being. I'm sure they had gangs in the Roman empire and snitches back then too. Um, but I think it comes down to staying on the topic of this guy. This is about his individual decision to have one foot, from what I understand from you guys, one foot in the game, meaning he was still a member of the Crips. So that's a whole different story than guys like you and I who aren't gang members that if we decided to open a store in the hood, that's different. And that's all I'm saying is that because he decided to still be a member of his gang and be part of that life, unfortunately for him and his family, you know, this was a result of being still caught up in that ether. Because I'm pretty sure that if that guy came into a store I owned, that guy Holder, who you said, I'd have served them and he'd have left. Or if we got into an altercation, I might have just, I might have just not said anything, or we would have got into it, or whatever. But it wouldn't have been that same thing of me calling the guy a snitch because I'm just not into that. I'm, that's not what I do. And the other thing is. It's also about noticing, I think, the environment as a whole, because it's something, this is a totally off topic, but I remember talking to my son who was back, he's 20 now, he's in college, and we were talking and I said, you know, when I got the first Mercedes, that was the last time I ever wore a wife beater when I drove that car, because I understood that I didn't want to give a chance for any police officer or someone to have a reason to want to pull me over because of how I look. Oh, God. And so I, I, I dress a certain way, not that I got to wear a suit, but I also make sure my tattoos aren't showing and all that when I'm in certain environments. So I'm wearing a hoodie now. Be- I'm wearing a hoodie, right? I'm wearing a hoodie know, right but- now. Does well, that mean I'm supposed to be pulled over? I'd be like, that's a bit much. Hey, well, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. A tune day. I'll come right back. James, quickly, then I'll go to tune day. Go. Okay, well, we're conflating different things. In the store, the issue appears to be that he wasn't, didn't sufficiently appreciate how much he had to lose. Um, and so as you get bigger, have more things and, and are trying to do more, you have to behave as if you have more to lose than the same per- than the person you might have been five agree years with ago. When you have anything going on. And so if he's going to do that and to act like that, then he needs to have security. He needs to have people who are standing there and are, are that's their job is to watch his security. And by the he's way, have- very quickly, I don't mean to interrupt you. He had security. I forgot this part of it. He had security, but didn't alert them this day. When he went out there, so he no, that, that's not having security. Like having security isn't you know I just have it every now and again. He needs to have security all the time, particularly if he's going to call people out. I mean that. So, but that you can't look at that and then indict all of hip hop culture. Now, hip hop culture does have issues in the way that it glorifies certain things, not unlike American culture. But the issue with hip hop culture is more so that the people who are being influenced by it are more vulnerable than America at large. And so when you have children, like Nipsey, one of his quotes that he talks about is, when I was young, I, j- I didn't want, really want to have all these resources or anything like that. I just wanted to see that there were people who cared. And if you're in an environment where that's what people want and it's not being given to them necessarily because poverty is, has broken families and, and everybody just really out for themselves and, and, and poverty does that to communities, then hip-hop culture, th- those things can take you places that 
drug culture, if you're in a majority situation or in a middle class environment, won't overwhelm you in that same way. And so it's not hip hop culture per se. American culture is very violent. Very That's what I'm saying. I think it's American and, culture. But, mean. but we can't ignore the fact that the people, the, the young black youth that we're talking about Absolutely. may be more vulnerable to these messages in hip hop culture. That's more so the issue than hip hop culture is so much worse. So Either way, though, you end up in the same spot. What are we going to do about what hip hop culture may do with these vulnerable kids or how can we make them less vulnerable? And that's where you have to tip your captain Nipsey because he was trying to make them less vulnerable. But he again, separate issue. He needed to behave in a way that, hey, basically, I have more going on now. I have more things I'm trying to do. I need to act like I have things to lose. But we also get to a point. Carlton, go ahead. Very quick. uh, Just two things really quick, man. Look, you know. Uh, I'm sorry again. I got to double down the fact that yes, this guy he should have been out. You should have had somebody coaching him on this. You know, it, it just goes back to saying, you know, who you hang around is extremely important. You have people like LeBron and countless other people that are reaching back into uh, underprivileged areas and helping people out from afar. But you will never catch LeBron in a situation like that. So you know, there's so many examples of the right way to do this. And just like the same thing we were talking about, LeBron, he had a group of people immediately that came to kind of help him deal with that transition. But I do want to say something about the, the language, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the music, uh, the culture and things like that. Um, I, I noticed that a lot of time we disagree on these things. There's like a left and a right side of who agrees on what I'm going to tell you again. I, I, I really didn't want to drive this one home. The cult, the culture is toxic. Hip hop, music, culture, and the things that we are celebrating African American community are toxic it will not it will not get you to anywhere where you're winning i promise you that and i want to tell you this because i listen to a lot of different music i'm always out i'm always keeping up with current music whether it's edm rock and roll country music any type of music there is no other type of music that talks about and celebrates the things that hip-hop does most music for other cultures is talking about love uh, a situation, a story. So I totally disagree with what you're saying, Rob, when it comes to the violence aspect, because there is no other music really that speaks about violence. Maybe death metal or something. Mm, and that's, that's, I'm, nah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's not that's not true. Oh, I mean, but hold on, our popular culture is full of violence. Like if you go yeah. look at the top ten grossing movies in any given year, okay. and eight of those are going to be very okay, violent but, movies. But but to, to your point though, there is no medium stronger than music it is repetitive so it's because it's the music look at video game culture look at video game culture all the popular games are what first person shoot 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 yeah violence is everywhere man like you can't like okay hip-hop music may be the most violent music but is that to say when you look at video games saying the culture i'm saying the music as a whole is is, is, is culturally toxic on every single level where it's economic no, i say i just dis- i disagree like like this is where we we have some agreement in this, Carlton. I don't think we should, and I and I and I, and I like this is a person that likes hip hop and finds himself torn. Like when I hear when 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 I hear them say stuff like, "Oh well, take my breath if I'm a snitch," you know, and then one of, one of the songs with uh, you know, everyone wants to be a savage. Like none of that should be celebrated. That has to be reexamined. You and I agree one hundred percent on that. Where I don't agree is that. Hip hop is wholly responsible for all of this. Like this is like that. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I trust me, bro. I feed on the most ignorant of hip hop every morning as I'm going <laughs> to work, I'm going to the gym. 
I'm talking, man, it cannot get more ignorant. Than, it, I, I need more ignorance because I'm running out of it. The fuel, my, you know what I'm saying, my gym workout. <laughs> like, all right. But, but we're so blessed. We're so blessed to know that this is entertainment and to, to divert that. But the repetitive. But um, they're telling their story, though. I, I'm not disagreeing, Tarleton, but he's saying what I'm saying. It's me too. Not, it's not the actual music per se. It's that the people that are consuming it yep. are susceptible to those messages. And that's where the concern comes. Because no, that agree. violence is exactly. everywhere. It's just how, how who's ready to who can deal with it? Who has the mindset, the, 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 the support yeah. system to realize, OK, yeah, just because I enjoy this, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go shoot up a store yes. or I got it like that's that to me is the issue. And I, now how you deal with that, though, is, is a, that's a delicate discussion because but people have I, to. It is a delicate discussion, but people but have I to understand people are yeah. becoming less vulnerable. Like there is something to be said for saying, look, we shouldn't be promoting some of these images in the music. I, I cannot. Um, and we have to. And, there, and we do have to do that. I do think. See, we, we're not far apart on that. That has to happen. We got to figure out how to do that. But we have to understand that the people are expressing the art about, uh, and, and expressing their experience and expressing it in a very in a way that we may not like. But that's kind of art, too. One second part is it's been it's been corp, it's been corporate America wants to push this out, too, because hip hop is a lot more is a lot broader than what you just hear. There are people talking about the relevant issues that we're talking about right now, but the record labels won't sign them. You don't need record labels anymore. You don't don't need them anymore. In the 90s and 2000s. One, two, you shouldn't put off responsibility for things that affect you and, and people that you care about on corporate America and record labels. Um, I I think that's a cop out, Rob. Uh, I like, like, the, the stuff's going to exist. I think the solution is more so trying to figure out how to make people less vulnerable, um, which involves giving back, which involves showing them other mindsets, showing them, giving other examples so that all they see in terms of success isn't just hip hop, isn't just certain types of hip hop at that, isn't just drug dealing, isn't just like, so you have a, a broader perspective, the broader your perspective, the more you can choose your own direction. Right. I think that's fair, but you got to get proximate to do that, right? So there are others, you know, Dr. Dre was from the same community, very successful. He, he, he chose to give $70 million to a private university, not as much to the local area, I mean, that he grew up from. And he's very okay. fortunate to get, get to where there. he got to, right? I mean, to, to, to Jimmy's point, um, Jimmy just articulated what I'm saying better. And I believe everybody on this podcast is fathers. The way we raise our children, I've seen most of you guys with the kids and the environments that they're in. Um, it's not like these other kids, man. You, I, I know places that you will and won't let your kids go. I know what you will and won't let your kids do. It's all the same at, for every single one of us. I know that. And so, um, but that's different than what I'm seeing here, man, as a culture. That's, that's an anomaly, bro. Oh, and so, you know what needs to be that. done to answer your questions? This is not for you. Young black kids, you can't listen to this type of stuff. You can't because of what Jimmy just articulated. You are an, you are an exception. You know, you're not ready for that yet. You know, you don't have the protections that other people have. And people need to put their foot down on it. And these programs, you're in a radio station right now, Rob. Man, I, mean, I used to get so, I, I still get disappointed. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I only listen to XM. I hear all these program directors, man, and these big radio personalities saying, oh, I, I love my community. I support my community. Then I'm going to play let's shoot everybody in my neighborhood and kill everybody that doesn't look like me. You know what I'm saying? That's the number one hit. You know what I mean? And then they promote it. And I'm like, this is the most hypocritical, ignorant bullshit. Capitalism. Ever, it sells. Yeah. 
So go, yeah. So don't complain. So don't complain. I don't want to hear your RIPs. Your, you know, my, uh, my prayers are with you and your family when this stuff happens. Because the program directors, the freaking radio personalities, those are the main culprits of this, and they have been for years now. You are putting programming in people's heads, and it's repetitive, and it's effective, and it works. And this is the product product of it. And the only reason we're talking about Nipsey is because he had a little bit of a name, but it happens every single day. They well, yeah. are responsible for this shit, dude. Just like I'm liable if something happens in my medical practice to somebody. They're fucking responsible, dude. And until leaders start calling them out, this is going to continue to happen. But you know what? My kids won't be around them. I'm not going to be down there with that shit. I'm going to be living a good life wherever I am, avoiding the shit, telling my kids the truth, my family members the truth, and we don't need, we don't, I'm not going to worry about this shit anymore because like you said, man, there's a lot of money involved. And until people are willing to be honest and call these people out, look, your art doesn't have to look like that. People think fucking pissing in a cup is art, dude. Piss, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not art, bro. And if that's your kind of art, we don't need it in our community right now. You know, we just simply don't, but no one's willing to come out and say that. So it's going to happen every day. You know what I'm saying? For the rest it, of our it does, lives. It does happen every day, Carlton. And people don't usually care about it happening and they accept the violence because it's not happening where they, where they are. It's not directly in front of them. Or and so, if it is, they're desensitized to it. Correct. Well, it, I care about it. Well, we care about it, but, but you just said your kids aren't going to be around it. So well, I mean, and to, to Carl, in Carl's defense, he, he, he went on a rant there, but this is a guy that <laughs> is, he does go into places and speak to people and try to bring people up. He, Bro, he just leaves when he's done, which is perfectly fine. You know, like yeah, to his that's LeBron fine. example. And, and, Jimmy, Jimmy knows, and, and Jimmy can vouch for me on this, bro. Let me tell you something. I'm not coming. Into, I'm not coming on this show talking from somebody who's never seen this, bro. Jimmy right. was there the night that I'm promoting my party at Howard University. Some kid walks up and shoots this dude. I'm giving him a fire to point blank in the face, dude. Yeah. I, I, only but, thing I was about was, can I get to my party that I promoted that night? But I went yeah. right over, met up with Jimmy and the rest of my boys, and we went out, bro. And that wasn't the first, second, or third murder that I witnessed close range like that, dude. So Unfortunately, I, I've seen I, it too. I mean. I really don't have the answers except to say this, that we, we, we can't depend on violence. And I started with Dr. Martin Luther King and I'm going to end with him. Um, but before I get there, I really want to recall a conversation that I had with my mother growing up that I believe most black men have had. It's two conversations that every single black man uh, that I know have, have basically had in their life. The first one is how to interact and deal with police. No matter what, it's a conversation that I know all of us have had, all of us will have with our kids. Uh, you can't do certain things that your counterparts can do. And you have to make sure you're totally respectful uh, because your life is exposed at that moment. But it, it didn't just stop there. The conversation was also about how to deal with other black men. I remember the conversations very well because I would often go to the hood because a lot of my family was there. So I was going to go see my family. And uh, my, my mom would make it clear, like, look, you know, you don't look anybody directly in their eye, but you don't look nervous. You just uh, there are people there that are, that are going to be upset and you don't want to do anything to spark them. That's a conversation I had to have with my mom because she said there will be people there that will kill you that look like you. You probably have to worry about that more than officers. That's still a truth we have to this day. And, and, and Nipsey Hussle shows us that. And his death shows us that it's something that we're dealing with every single day. There is somebody that is dying right now, an unnecessary death due to another black man killing another black man. 
And we do have to look at our, our culture. We do have to look at and reexamine things. We have to. I say that not out of judgment. I say that out of love and wanting my community to get better uh, because we cannot over rely on violence. Uh, because if we do that, if we focus on that, we'll, we'll have solutions, as Dr. Martin Luther King said, that don't solve, answers that don't answer, and explanations that can't be explained. The focus of this show has been speaking about, you know, the, the, the culture that, that African-Americans participate in or are a big part of. Um, the reason why that conversation needs to be had isn't because that's the, where the finger is only pointed, but that you have to control what you can control. And so it, yeah. you can only, it only helps so much to just don't point the finger and say, hey, well, you know, ca- capitalism did this or because of this setup or because of my school or anything like that. That stuff all has truth to it. But what you have to focus on in any given moment when you're trying to make things better is the things you can control. And so yeah. how we as a culture uh, you know, participate in, in, in different things, what we, what we glorify, what we do, what we don't do, how we try to bring up the youth, that's things that we can control. And so yeah. that's where the focus needs to be. And, and, you know, poverty, I think, is a huge thing with this and, and create economic opportunity. And that's one of the things Nipsey was doing. That's part of his legacy is trying to create economic opportunity in these areas because poverty is more of the, 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 the link here than anything. You know, if you go to black communities, quote unquote, that aren't impoverished communities and you don't see these same issues. No, you, you know, don't. The intersection of poverty has, has a big deal with it. And one other thing, I know it's also phrased as black on black a lot of times, but that overlooks the fact that if you want to look at murder and crime in general, most crime is the same race on the same race. So exactly. that's a proximity issue more than anything. Um, like the, the black people are more close to other black people. So when disputes happen, they're more likely to be amongst other black people. So again, it's not a black person issue, but we're looking at issues affecting the black community. And so we have to, we have to start with what we can control. And so no, that's, why, that's why we're all focused on that. I've been wanting to allude to something Jimmy said earlier, um, because what you did Jimmy earlier was articulate what I was trying to say when I gave the example about my son in the car and all that. And what it really was, was because you did a good job at, at encapsulating it was that that comes out of a socioeconomic conversation, which you just alluded to now as well about the proximity issue and all that. Cause one of the things that, Sometimes I don't know that I don't know what word to use, but but it maybe bothers me a bit is when things like this happen. We always talking about, oh, you know, should number one, black on black crime, like as if other groups don't kill each other. But number two, it's always like looking at us in a microscope like, oh, well, should we move out of the community when we make some money or go bigger? Do it? We don't ask poor white people. Do they still live in trailers and all that? And when they start making some money, a lot of a lot of. White guys that were became wealthy from becoming entrepreneurs, professional athletes, musicians, they started real hard growing up poor, dirt poor. And you know what? When they start making some money, they go move to the other side of town and no one questions that. No one sits there and says, well, should they really be doing that? And, and then they, I'm sure they give back in their nonprofits and they donate and they do the same thing we do and they go talk to people. But at the end of the day, they're not made to feel guilty for leaving their own kind of where they grew up. And I think... It's interesting alluding to an example like a LeBron, because he's a great example of someone who I'm amazed that from 18 years old to now, he's never had anything really negative. And I, I commend him for that, but being in the public eye. But then also we know he's opened the school in Akron. He's done a lot of positive things. And it goes back to your point, Jimmy. Unfortunately for Nipsey, again, because he tried to straddle both worlds, 
he didn't recognize that now he's got a lot to lose. So by calling a guy a snitch, maybe when it was 10 years ago and he didn't have all this to lose, he could have done that and, and, and it would have been different. Now he shouldn't have been doing that. And I guess that was my example of talking about the way I'll dress now in a certain environment versus when I was 20 years old. Because now I got a little bit more to lose just in case someone looks at, you know, looks at me funny and wants to you know, make an example out of me. And going back also to, um, you know, what Carlton was talking about, about, you know, once we hit these different levels, I, I just think that we sit here and we look at something going back specifically to Nipsey and it's, it's a tragedy, but at the end of the day, it's also another example. Can these two things really coexist? Can you have somebody that's enlightened, that's trying to bring certain things back to a community where unfortunately there's a lot of people that have not been enlightened to what he, he was trying to give them. And that's what, I don't know. You know, I'm not saying I have an answer. I, I here, really, I, my, my hope, my hope is yes, that that's possible. He, he, he's shown that's possible that, and we, people have come out of those situations. So you can be enlightened from tough situations. We know that that's possible. It has to be possible. No, uh, I know I that that's, that's, I know becoming enlightened from a tough situation. Paul. What I'm saying is, can you try and have a STEM center while literally still being a gangbanger in the Crips? I don't know if that's if those two can be straddled because part of your avocation and your job description of being a gang member in Los Angeles is you're probably going to get shot at and you probably got to shoot at people. So can you mix being really in a gang with also being the guy who's trying to redevelop the community? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. Do, we, do we know when he's still active? He I wasn't. Mean, a, he was no. He wasn't active still. That's I don't know. If that's something you can like just hand in a card right. and say I'm out. Like I, I don't know. You know. Like, no, so, no. He wasn't well, active, but he was. He was probably too close to the situation. But I don't, yeah. I don't. He wasn't like a. But he wasn't active. But he didn't. He didn't have to be as close. And as you said. But it wasn't the situation, though. It was him calling somebody out in a way, somebody who had nothing to lose in a way that like his situation wasn't what brought this. It was him calling out someone who had nothing to lose and not recognizing that he has a lot to lose and he's standing out in the open. And so you know what also, both of those. But yeah, it also no, goes back to Carlton's example of, of LeBron James, because I've dealt with not, I never really dealt with LeBron, but, but guys that are at the high level of professional athletes and all that. And the thing is, is that they keep their very close friends and family around and some of them don't. I mean, I, I have um, just someone that I know that had a nice NBA career um, that had to cut off probably most of his family. Because all of a sudden, when he got drafted and, you know, all that, all of a sudden, cousins started coming out of the woodwork that he never met. And then trying to make him feel guilty because he wouldn't give him something. So my point is, is that it's, a, it's, a, it's your damned if you do and your damned if you don't. Because if you, if you try and go up that ladder and you kind of don't look back or you have these experiences and you kind of cut off, you know, your, your, your tie there, then everybody calls you a sellout. But then if you try and actually go back and be part of the community, then people get jealous. And, and what happened in Nipsey kind of can happen. May people look at you and say, oh, that guy thinks he's all that. And, they, and there's a reason that they want to hurt you. So well, you have to be. We have another point. But I just want to say the greatest thing I learned from this. There's a lot of things I learned from this situation. But in terms of Nipsey, when you get to a certain level, you can't be as accessible, period. It doesn't mean you can't do That's a lot. Important. But you can't yeah. be as accessible. It's not possible because it's just it's just not even on, on any point, level. And accessibility. so he didn't really appreciate that. I think he was trying to 
do everything possible because he said, and he was right, I used to be that and I want to help you understand how not to be that. Yeah, I don't want to knock, be authentic. He was trying, he was to, be trying to be authentic. And I, I don't I mean, want to yeah, knock that's that. Commendable. And that is, that is, but I, I do want to say the right way to go about this is to do what he did, but to understand you can't be the same, you can't be at the same level of accessibility that you were when you first started. It's just not possible in any way. That doesn't mean you can't have and make a difference because if we don't start doing the things more, because most of the time people, I don't think we, we do it at the level that we should. That's my personal opinion because I believe we can and should do more for our communities. And I do think he was trying to do that. He's, and he's not a perfect person. He's not a saint, but most people aren't. So I'm not trying to evaluate him on a level of a saint. But I do think we have to figure out ways to help break this cycle because if we don't, things are only going to get worse and I want to see more opportunities, not less. Yeah. And well, that's Rob, what, there's one that's thing that can't do. be left unsaid. Um, and Tunde raised this as far as when people of other races, you know, get good and, and they leave wherever they came from. Uh, I believe, and I think many black, uh, black folks believe that there is a heightened responsibility due to the, the, the centuries of oppression. And basically America's tried its best to keep, African-Americans down or, or put them in the worst possible situation for centuries. And America's really good at that. You're really good at things like that. America does that all over the world and is, is very effective at it. And it did it right here at home. And so looking at that and in that historical context, I do think that many African-Americans will feel a heightened sense of obligation to try to help um, when they have success than, than someone in a majority who doesn't have that context. So I don't think that it, it, if there's guilt that's felt, that, that's probably why. And, and, and that's probably a good thing because we do have a heightened responsibility, I believe. Like I said, that we do have a heightened responsibility to try to help in some way because it, it's not all level. It hasn't all been, you know, the, the same experience over this over time. And ultimately, we're all a better we're a better country if we can raise all boats. And that those are boats that need to be raised. So, you know, let, let's get them. That's a great way to leave it. Uh, until next time, disruption now in the breakdown. I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Rolana. And I'm Carlton Washington. We'll see you next time.